Welcome to The Ledger Show. Hi, everybody. Today, I have the pleasure to have Robert with me. I use the head of my own Robert, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Cool. Looking forward to that. Yeah, I was really looking forward to this interview. So you have a super interesting story. You were a founder, then you became a head of sales for the dark region, and then you turned it like into a CFO, a head of finance. Like, what was the story? Like, yeah, indeed. Yeah. And even before this, I was a banker yeah, at KFW, like <laughs> one of Germany's biggest public banks. Yeah. Yeah, the story behind it. So yeah, I'm like, I mean, I've always been a tech guy. So I've been like uh, already at the early days of the internet, late 90s. I worked on internet stuff, tech guy and finance guy. And then at one point I wanted to bring this together yeah, and, and had, the, had this idea uh, back then for founding a fintech. This was the now so like the, the, the time for founding fintechs and, and Berlin was the, was the place to do this. We founded a, together with a really great co-founder, Gerhard Nanger. I founded a, founded a company on currency hedging. This was for smaller companies who are doing business abroad. And the idea behind, so if you have like risks from currency fluctuations, uh, because for example, because you have like, you're, you're like procuring abroad in dollars, but you're selling locally in Europe or Germany in euros, so then kind of, I mean, the, the, the exchange rates can fluctuate and then you have a risk. Um, and there are, so to speak, easy solutions for this. There are financial products, yeah, like forward contracts or swaps or, or these kinds of things. Yeah? Uh, and this is not new. Yeah? This, I mean, these exist since decades. But the, the banks make this typically super complicated for companies, especially smaller companies, to access this. There are lots of paperwork, lots of hassle, and then they do this only for bigger ticket sizes and stuff. But actually, you can, you can I mean, really straightforward digitalize this. Yeah? And then we built like a product which was super easy to use. Yeah? Where you just, as easy as booking a flight ticket. Yeah? So you put in like, okay, I want to exchange euro into dollars, but not now, but like on say 1st of December yeah, and then it gave you rate and then you clicked and, and, and confirmed the deal. Yeah. And then you are, you were like hedged yeah, against, against currency exposure. This, this was the idea and that you also like brought, brought online. Yeah. It's funny because, uh, so you had the company a couple of years ago, right? I think four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Found in, found it in 17, yeah. It's, yeah. Went live. It's, and. Yeah. I mean, it's something that we touched with the company that I created like a currency and currency conversion and simplifying this for businesses, but still today, it's pretty painful to try to, you know, simplify currency or conversion just for like small businesses or mid-sized companies. It still takes a lot of like paperwork to, you know, get the contracts with banks, but just to try to facilitate the flow of money from, you know, one country or one currency to another is still pretty painful. Master. Also wondering why like the banks are not innovating on this. Even the <clears throat> okay, I mean there are challenger banks around. Uh, Revolut has an offer on this, which is not too bad. In the meantime, also for businesses, yeah. But still, uh, I mean, I think this is still in the sphere where, where like the traditional banks, legacy legacy banks, make quite some money yeah, with their their old systems. Yeah. But I also think they leave a lot of money on the table. Like I, I think your perspective is super interesting because you were a banker in one of the biggest bank. Yeah. Then you create, you try, I mean, you created a company, a fintech company trying to, you know, simplify the user interface and make a product like for like specific target. How did you see this from the inside or from the outside? How was your experience? Like, mm-hmm. what's your take on why banks are not innovating or they ju- they're just trying to protect mm-hmm. what they had so far? Actually, the, the idea came from, from yet another story, even before working in a bank, because before this, I was working as a, as a consultant. 
and that like experienced the problem, so to speak, because this was for a big project and then together with a Swiss partner and like we were in Euros and he was in Swiss Fonds and then it was a long running project, I think over a year or so. And then the price agreed upfront of the project and then like the Euro dropped significantly against the Swiss Fonds. And then our partner was like, I mean, the project was fine and client happy and everything great. Yeah. But, but our partner was super unhappy at the end yeah, because like calculating in Swiss Fonds, yeah, he got less 20% less or so yeah, than, than he anticipated. So like, I remember that they, a lot of people that were playing with leverage. Pardon me? The... Yeah, a lot of people were playing, like they have a leverage. So, I mean, they were buying user and uh, using, they had open position using a leverage. Mm. Yeah, so they were, instead of having 1000 euro, they were using a leverage, like they were getting money from, I don't know, whatever mm. Forex for uh, system they were using. So if yeah. they're, if they were earning money, they were making a lot of money. But if in that case, they were losing a lot of money. So they had to close their position automatically, all this this sort of thing. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, but our focus is more like on people who just want to do their business, yeah? who do not want like to, to, to speculate on currency fluctuations, but who want to do their business yeah? and be it like, I don't know, consulting or travel or trade or whatsoever. Yeah? And, and for them, it's just, I mean, if there's like some extra profit and it's like, so to speak, nice, yeah? but if it's the other way around, yeah? if they're losing money, yeah, then it's like a huge problem for them. Yeah? So, and, yep. yeah, and, and then you, your company got acquired. But I think what today is, is a big player in the market, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, okay, to be fair on this, yeah, I mean, so there, I mean, we were not the only ones having this idea and there were also others like in, like iBand first eventually come, acquired the company from, from France or France and Belgium. There's, but there's also other competition, yeah, like Ibery, for example. Yeah, and <clears throat> because I mean, I think we had like a great product and really good traction in Germany, but we were also perhaps like, I mean, I think I can be honest on this, perhaps like one, two years too late yeah, in terms of, of funding and growth. Yeah. And then, so that was like, was like, I think a smart move uh, to, to, to see this uh, and then and sell this to Ivan first. Uh, because for them, they, I mean, they also had a great product, a good product and already quite some traction in France and Belgium. They were more advanced and they wanted to, to enter the German market uh, because they, they are on the way of, of achieving, achieving this, of building a true European player. Uh, and for this, of course, I mean, you need, you need like the German market. So this was then a good, good starting point for them. Uh, like our, our experience in the market and our clients and so forth. And then I also joined, joined Ivan first and, and led the, the German operations. And that's how you became a, a sales manager. Yeah, this, of course, I mean, sales is of course, always, always part of business. <laughs> I mean, I took care, I mean, I was a CEO, I found one CEO and took care of everything, but of course also sales. Yeah. But then of course, yes. So with Ivan first, then okay, we like integrated the German clients and there were also some stuff, some things in our product, which could be migrated and we built like the basis. But then of course, like a country manager is, I mean, the, the core is, is leading sales in the country. Yeah? I mean, other, other functions, other topics are more in the, in the central organization. Yeah? So and then, after that experience, I think you decided to, to get back to purely finance. Yeah, like sort of, yes, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I mean, like Ivan first, that this was always, I mean, was was a great experience. Yeah, but always like for some time from yeah, because I mean, if you just founded this and built everything and then you sell it, then I mean, okay, you stay for some time, but then it's also at one point you want you want to do the next thing. Yeah, and I mean, yes. So then I wanted to 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 focus back on on finance and tech, yeah, because this is I think these two topics are my passion. Yeah, not not so much sorry to say, but marketing and sales. I can also do this and have experience with this and, and understand all these kind of things. But that's not not my my, my pure passion. Yeah. It's like like doing doing finance and tech. Yeah. 
Ding, ja. Ja. How do you see finance and, and technology together? It's like in like you see from a fintech perspective, or you see also from the finance automation. Yeah, so and now I'm so to speak at the other side. So I'm in a company, okay, which is a tech startup, yeah, but and, and managing manage finance there, not not like so so to speak on the client side, yeah, looking at a, at a fintech provider. I think I mean you can. This is not not news, yeah, but I mean in finance you want to automate as as much as possible. Yeah, I mean when it comes to to payments to book bookkeeping to accounting controlling all these kind of things yeah? because i mean eventually at the end of the day you're processing lots of data yeah? i mean data information about yeah about revenues about uh, costs expenses about payments and this is i mean yeah this is made for software yeah? and made for computers and made for for, 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 for using technology yeah? and yeah that's also what i'm currently focusing on yeah? I want to get back to this, but first, like, I want to ask you, like, a, a sort of tough question. Like, let's say okay. that you're a student and you're studying, I don't know, uh, you, you, you're getting a bachelor in business administration, which is usually one of the parts that you have to get into finance. Mm-hmm. And, and now, I mean, we, I think we both agree that a lot of automation is going to come in, into finance departments. Like, do, do you think there is still space for people or they need to specialize on a different thing? they need to be more tech savvy, more data savvy? How do you see like the market evolving also from, you know, people actually working in the finance department? I mean, what is, yeah, what is like disappearing? And I think for really good reasons, it's like, so to speak, the stupid bookkeeping in the sense that you're just putting information into tables yeah, and then like take the sums out because this, I mean, this, this software will do, yeah. And then you're just more focusing on the, and two things, yeah. One thing is like building these these IT systems, yeah, which often involves like, okay, you have two, three systems and they're connected by APIs or sometimes not, but they are manual exports and imports and all these kind of things. But that that's a competence, huh? To to understand like how, how all this works and how it goes together. And then especially if there's some some problem, some implausible result, yeah, and understanding okay, where where to dig yeah, for, for for finding the, the issue. Okay, this one one competence, which is like, I think super important. Okay, and the other one is then, and then you can like focus more on yeah on understanding yeah on analysis, no? because you're not like so many hours just just busy with just just producing some numbers, but then you can think about okay, what 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 do they tell us? What do we see? Yeah. I mean, this can be so many things. Uh, easiest always, okay, where there might be some unusually high costs, uh, where there is some, where we might want them to, to do some cost reductions. But but then often more tricky, like on the revenue side, uh, there might be some some revenue potentials before go. Yeah? For example, we see like, okay, this client group is, is performing well, but don't we have more of these clients? And just, I mean, just examples. Yeah? I think this is this is more the focus in the future if you want to want to want to do finance management, yeah. Like yeah, work actually with the with all this information data you have. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of an interesting trend. I mean, depending on the people I talk to, usually I get a different feedback. If it's like okay. a manager or a head of finance or a CFO, I mean they're really keen on finance automation. If I talk yeah. to finance manager, accountants, then they they, they are a bit scared actually. Like mm. they're yeah, they feel like like you're trying to automate what I'm doing. And my answer is, no, I'm trying to make your day better because then you can focus on more critical stuff. And sometimes I think they miss this part. Well, I, would, I mean, I have to admit, I've 
seen both types of accountants. Uh, I've also seen like accountants who, yes, who have problems with this, who are not like really capable of this digitalization or, or automation. That's not only, I mean, digitalization means, okay, we use the computer instead of paper. Okay, but, I mean, this done deal. Yeah? <laughs> I'm not talking about this anymore. Yeah. Now it's the next step. Yeah? We're talking about automating this. Yeah? Um, yes, I've seen people struggling with this. And this is difficult. Yeah? And what should, I mean, you can just try to, to convince them or show them that, yeah, this shouldn't be a challenge for them, but it, but it's the future, yeah. But yeah. And, uh, okay. Yeah, but it's hard to say. I think that that's the way it is. But um, yeah, well, you look for people who are not who are not like resistant there, but who who want to go the way, yeah, and who see the benefits, yeah, and who enjoy like. I, I think it's more interesting work, yeah, to I mean maintain a system instead of like doing like just repetitive tasks. Yeah, yeah I think manual entry gets boring after sometimes. And I mean, machine are just better at this. I mean, that, that's the, that's the truth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. That's so right now you're the head of finance and at peak. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about your role there? Abby is the team, the finance team there. Yeah, perhaps a few words on peak first. So peak is a, it's a tech startup. We deal with data, data on e-commerce. Huh? So from various sources, we have data on, on e-commerce transactions. Or advertising and, and transactions. So we know like which products exist, how many ads are <clears throat> on related to these products, what are click rates, what are uh, conversion rates, what are costs per click, and all these kind of things. Yeah. So and the, and the businesses that we collect this data from different sources, and then we sell this to people who yeah who can make good use of this. Uh, this is basically, for example, I mean people were I mean spending on on online marketing substantial amounts. Uh, they're interested in this, but then we also have some some clients from the from the financial industry uh, using this for their for their analysis and some some data aggregators are part of our clients. Uh. Peak has uh, around fifty people. Oh, 50, they're located so the base is in berlin it's uh, german two german founders then we have an office in new york and the majority of our clients are also in the us and we have developers in ukraine in kiev and in, in the surroundings yeah. so it's in, and then also like people around europe yeah, so in, in different countries remotely yeah I, I was checking the career page before before this call i see you're expanding to us so you have a couple of sales position opens to us yeah yeah, exactly. So the, yeah, the sales function is mostly in the US, huh? but but and from there they are selling like uh, worldwide. Huh? Yeah. And, Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So fifty six people in total. How big is the fin finance function there? We have three people right now. Three people. Mm. Okay. Mm. I would say it's a pretty lean team for for such a company. It's pretty. What did you say? In team? Uh, how do you say? No, pre pretty lean. It's a pretty small team. Yeah, but it's sufficient. Huh? I mean, we are, we are doing fine now yeah? because I mean, yeah, but that's all, again, yeah, that's part of automation now yeah? because we like, like do stuff automatic and also lean in the sense of processes. I'll try to, to explain this. Huh? So, okay. When I came, there was like, okay, I'm, first of all, I was I'm the first finance manager here or like built the professional finance function. Okay. Before this, this mm -hmm. was also managed, uh, but like the, one of the founders did this besides lots of lots of other stuff he was was responsible for okay this but this is i mean this is not not so unusual you know? this was after series a yeah? so and then now with the series a that i mean the, the, the finance function is, is now being was professionalized yeah? 
But what we also saw was there was like like so many differences. So there were like documents not properly or contracts uh, or this kind of things. Yeah, and this all worked. Yeah, but because there were so many exemptions, yeah, this I mean, took lots of efforts. Yeah, this was also a bit bit part of the story. Yeah, to to like streamline lots of, of, of some things. Yeah, so that yeah, yes, we as three people we can like manage manage the whole business. Yeah, and in, especially in accounting, we automated a lot. Yeah. So from the in-house versus outsourcing perspective, like how many of the finance function you're running inside, like taxes, accounting? Accounting we do in-house. Mm -hmm. We have like, okay, one, one of the three persons is from an, it's like from an agency, but, but working as an in-house bookkeeper or accountant. Yeah. Um, okay, taxes. Taxes we do not do ourselves. So, so of course, we have our tax, tax consultant. And then payroll, we also do not do on our own. Yeah. I think because I think that doesn't, I mean, this makes only sense for really big corporates. Yeah. I think that's a typical buy, okay. yeah, not make. Yeah. Do you have any FP&A function inside or you're currently leading this part? Yeah, this is what I currently do. Yeah. So besides, besides managing the emails, I'm, yeah, I do like the financial reporting and yeah, and also this analyze the, the planning and analysis part. Yeah. yeah. I mean, usually that feels like the, one of the most critical part of, you know, the finance team. The companies usually want, they want to run inside about crunching numbers, day and numbers and yeah, forecasting about the future. I guess it's something yeah. that it's really hard to outsource. Yeah, actually, this I would never outsource, uh, I think, especially analysis. Uh, this, I mean, yeah, I mean, this, because this is stuff, I mean, you do for yourself. Huh? I mean, you're uh, controlling and financial planning analysis. This is like you, you compile information about, about your business uh, for, for taking decisions, uh, for for yep. building your business and there this that's not really not i mean and they're like all, all these outside influences are not relevant there so what does the german tax code say or what are the formal requirements for bookkeeping i mean this is also relevant yeah, but that's an, another part of finance yeah? so i mean this, this you might be able to outsource yeah. that you need to do but it's not really relevant to the business yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yes, yes. Needs to be done. Yeah, yeah. Of course, it's connected, huh? because I really want to draft the ideally the same numbers. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. But this I would never outsource. And also for bookkeeping, I see the same. Yeah. I mean, I've also experienced with like having this outsource. Of course, if you're small and starting, then I mean, the very beginning, it focuses somewhere else. Huh? It's on product and marketing and sales. I mean, no questions asked. Yeah? But then later, when a company grows and becomes more complex, then I think it totally makes sense to have this in-house uh, because then you can customize this more, you have the information more quickly. Mm -hmm. Especially like, for example, uh, information on need for analysis for controlling an, an FP&A later. Uh, then I can collect this already in bookkeeping and all these kind of things. Mm -hmm. You mentioned you have a pretty, pretty well automated accounting function. And I guess at, at that stage of the company, it's maybe where you start looking at the ERP. It's something you're considering or you're pretty happy with your solution. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm indeed, I'm indeed looking at this. Yeah. So currently the setup is we have, so we have DATEV, yeah, like every good German company <laughs> using DATEV. Yeah, joking about this because, I mean, this DATEV, I'm a bit of a love-hate relationship yeah, because, I mean, I love it because it's, it's around, everybody can use it, can, knows how to use it. It has so many features, it's so much is possible in terms of putting data in, getting data out, reports, connection with the tax authorities whatsoever, with the banks. But I mean, this is not an up-to-date, super easy to use software. Yeah. I mean, this is really, uh, yeah, sorry, for me, it sometimes feels like Windows 98. <laughs> so, 
but so but it works huh? it works huh? and then we have like connected other system to this i think that's like an usual tech stack huh? so for example on the revenue side uh, we have i mean we have different products and some are like self-service products and that's via stripe huh? and then we have uh, using pathway as an integrator uh, to to get all like several hundred invoices per month uh, automa fully automated into into data huh? that's for example one. are you leveraging stripe for that or so with the like another using, piece of um, so the billing is completely on Stripe. Yeah? So we use Stripe for, for, I mean, not only for the payments, but also for sending the, the drafting and sending invoices to the client. And then Passways, I mean, there's, so to speak, uh, it's a connector, yeah? So they pull the, the data out of Stripe and push it into Dautif. Yeah? Okay. I think that part of the billing is really interesting because I was checking your website to try yeah. and to understand the, the sales to finance motion that you have. And you didn't have, it's, it's not like a self-service product. So I guess there is a sales guy that is involved in the process, like preparing an offer and, and yeah, then moving yeah, it. The, we have several products, yeah. And okay, the Stripe, that's actually on another brand. Yeah? So the, the, the main, the peak business is, yeah, so to speak, manual. Yeah? So we have sales, outreaching, and then we send up until now still invoices manually to clients. Yeah? So we draft them with like Google Docs and you know, send them PDFs via email. This is also, for example, something we're currently working on now. We're looking for a software to automate this. Yeah? Because we have like recurring, we have recurring revenue. Yeah? It's usually typically long running contracts. And then we send like the same invoice every month. Yeah? And this, for example, is something, I mean, which needs to be automated, of course. Yeah? You just, yeah, just on it, yeah? not, not there. It's on revenue side. And then on cost side, for example, what we have is, for example, we really pushed using company credit cards. Yeah? So we are now using Pleo. I mean, there are several providers. Spendesk, of course, also a good one. And there are like several others. And this we've also like, they saw like the benefits. I mean, this has so much time. Yeah? So we've like also configured this Pleo to, to, to like our purposes. Yeah? So there you know, choose like when you spend money, you choose like different categories, but they are custom. They are like in the sense what it what we need for our accounting and our controlling and where we want to distinguish costs. You and can specify your cost centers and... Yeah, exactly. Cost, yeah. yeah, exactly. This and this this is super helpful. Yeah? And then we have like yeah, I think like, like getting the spend management right. It's it's key yeah, because credit card consideration is so painful. Yeah, there you can spend hours and hours every month. Yeah, this is so. And with this, it's so so straightforward. Yeah? And it's such a difference. Yeah? Is your billing based mainly on credit cards or you also have like bank transfer as a payment proposed? No, it's also bank. I mean, the majority, I mean, a number of transactions. I mean, we have like two business. One is like um, lots of clients with like small self-service clients have small amounts, uh, like $9 per month, $49 per month. Okay, this is all via Stripe, huh? And fully automated and then we have the the and this is like several hundred transactions every month yeah? and then we have other clients who are like bigger clients with bigger contracts and they're like we're paying like every month say 5k 10k plus these kind of amounts yeah? and these are also bigger corporates and they i mean they do not want to pay through credit card yeah? actually i tried but without too much success yeah? so no they want to and fair enough yeah? they want to get invoices and then pay these invoices via via bank transfer yeah so and that's mostly in dollars yeah? so we have like the of course in dollar bank account at our bank and then using ebix yeah, for, for 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 processing this one do you have do you have different legal entities one that is covering us and one europe we have just, you just were with the European. Yeah, up until now, we, uh, different entities you're asking. Now we, up until now, we have only the, the German entity. 
Yeah, we are thinking about also like creating a US entity, but I mean, I have to say, I mean, it works like it is. So we are questioning ourselves a bit, yeah, like, of, I mean, that, well, does it provide sufficient value? Yeah? Of course, it's possible, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I think I don't know, the focus is elsewhere, yeah. Perhaps one day we will do this. Yeah, yeah then I, I guess, I mean, it means you double the amount of management you have to do. And I mean, you have to do tax and reporting for another entity. So yeah, yeah like you said, maybe it doesn't make a lot of sense of something you need to decide. So you said you're really into finance automation. Like, what are you looking forward to? Like streamline your, like your sales process, like you can you create a contract and then you can get an invoice. Yeah, that's a, that's the ideal model. Yeah? So the, the sales manager puts the, the wins, wins the lead, yeah? converts the lead, yeah? puts the contract on Salesforce, yeah? and then we just pull the data. <laughs> Everything, yeah, the, like the billing address and the and the amounts, and then we we automatically send, send the invoices to the clients. Yeah, now we are. I mean, this we are just looking at, at the possibilities. Yeah, and I think as always, this will not be fully automated. Yeah, but again, if you can like, if you do not have this repetitive tasks, yeah, like every month sending the same invoice. Yeah, I mean, if you already automate this, then it's already it's already quite a quite a win. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, what, one of the issues that, that we see is not only about automation, but it's also giving salespeople a visibility, like how is the, this customer going? Because usually yeah, they're the first one that they need to follow up in case of late payments or these sort of things. So if yeah. there is a better communication between sales and finance, yeah. usually everyone is happier. Yeah, okay, that's the payments. That's not so much the problem we have, but okay, this... But I mean, what they want to see, of course, salespeople is they want to see the revenues. Yeah. So this I would love to automate. Yeah. Like, okay, this is your, okay, this is your deals. Yeah. The ones you closed last quarter. Yeah. And this is of course they get commission. Yeah. And then like so that they can just see everybody you know, all the time, so to speak, automatically what they what they earned last quarter and what they what they expected payout will be this quarter. I think this is great for salespeople. Yeah. That's quite. This is also something I would love to do. Yeah. Or integrate. Yeah. Um, you mentioned so Salesforce. Anyway, like enabling people, yeah, so they didn't have to ask me, but they can just access the information on their own now. That's, that's always cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally understand that because usually like the, the finance team is, is a smaller team compared to the sales team. And if you get yeah. bogged by your quests every day, then there's not much else you can do. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, transparent on this, so we have like, but they can access the information, yeah, but... But still, it's manual, huh? So we put this information manually in Google Sheets. So you can look at up until now. So streamlining the the revenue process is one of the things you're looking into right now. Is is there any other thing that you'd like to automate, or that I mean, ideally in a perfect world you would like to automate? Yeah, I'm also looking at automating controlling. Yeah, so this is not like I mean, not so, not planning and analysis. Okay, planning is I mean manual anyways. Yeah. Uh, analysis in the sense of I'm looking for where I can optimize something in the business from a financial perspective. But I'm not talking about controlling in the sense of, okay, I'm reporting on the past. Yeah? So I'm reporting on revenues and, and costs of last month. Yeah? So yeah, this is currently still super manual. And I think, I mean, on the one hand side, especially for startups, I think this makes some sense yeah? because, I mean, you are still growing the company and, and the organization is changing all the time. Yeah? So like the organizational structure or revenue streams or cost streams because you're trying out things and stuff. I mean, this is part of building a startup, right? And then when you have so much change, I mean, I think there is some point in saying, okay, I just 
stick with Excel for the time being uh, because they are more flexible. Yeah. So if there's like yet again another team uh, in the org chart, I mean that's quickly quickly adapted. Yeah. But still, yeah, it's still. I mean, it's hours of work every month uh, in like pulling the data from bookkeeping and then putting it in our nice controlling Excel. Yeah. So then I'm just looking around what for like so to speak in between solution, yeah, which makes it a bit easier. Yeah. But I don't have the answer yet. I haven't found one yet. Yeah. What do you mean by controlling? Because it's like more budgeting on your side or? Mm, okay. I mean, yeah, budgeting is also part of this. But no, I mean, for me, it's more about uh, perhaps better word is reporting. Yeah? So I want to read like as a descriptive, fully descriptive exercise. Yeah? So I'm reporting on, okay, this is our revenues and this is our costs. Yeah? But again, I'm not not in this DATEV structure with BWA, Betriebswirtschaftliche Auswertung, which is like, like nice for banks and tax consultants, but no manager like yeah, makes sense of this, but like in a custom format, yeah? again, because we are like compiling information for ourselves so that people see, can follow this and see like the relevant stuff yeah? and not the-, the So for example, relevant. leveraging cost center and then get out the cost center, like the, the spans like cost center is evolving, whether it was, I don't know, under or below the budget, the, the, you said at the beginning of the month? No, we are not so budget driven anyways. So of course we have, we have planning. Huh? So we are planning irgendwie, so we are planning on our finances yeah? and we are a VC financed and backed startup. Yeah? So we are, we have a, a certain runway. <laughs> we have this, have, have an eye on this. Yeah? But we're not like the, the big corporate. Yeah? We have like the, the yearly budget and then, and then the aim of, of every manager is to spend the budget. Yeah. So that it's not, not like not lost next time, yeah? next year. Okay, that's a bit of unfair jokes, yeah? but now I mean here. So the <clears throat> the principle is more. I mean, we, first of all, we want to enable people do stuff. Yeah? So we want to our product tech and product people shall build great products, yeah? and our sales team shall win cool clients, yeah? and so on. And, and marketing shall like generate lots of cool leads, yeah? and and so on and so forth. Yeah? So they get they they get like an, of course there's a framework, yeah, and uh, some some expectation on how much they can spend, yeah? and, and 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 I mean, mainly anyway, staff costs. Yeah, I mean, not not surprisingly. So there is a framework on on how many people we hire. Um, but we are not like approving every single expense. Yeah? This is more like okay, so we 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 hire clever, cool people who are responsible for who take responsibility for what they are doing. Again, be it like winning clients, building products, whatsoever. And then they they may spend the money. Yeah? But what we do is like we we have a close eye on this. Yeah? So we see where the money goes. Yeah, and where we spend how much, and also like communicate this back. Yeah? It's like a loop. Huh? So I mean, we do stuff, but then you also get the get the rights and then sometimes there are discussions yeah, on okay hey, what was this really necessary at first okay what was this for yeah what's the story behind and was this really necessary uh, would there possibility yeah, to to do this like i mean the money spent now yeah not i mean this is like money's gone yeah but can, can we do like like differently like in the future or this kind of things we have from time to time yeah and then there are also sometimes possibilities Actually, yeah, it's so more about having the, like a proper feedback loop about how you spend the money and whether it was, I don't know, proper ROI or whether it made yeah. sense or not at the time. Yeah. And yeah, because and we are also like trying out all the time, all the time stuff. Yeah. And this, and this is part of the business. Yeah. And this is great. Yeah. This makes sense. Yeah. yeah and then sometimes there are those big surprises from financial point of view. Yeah. But for good reasons, sir, because we, 
I don't know. I mean, part, we also like acquire some data from other data providers we need. And then there is something going on. And then for like really substantial amounts, the, the, the product people buy data. Yeah. But yeah, because it doesn't make sense because we need this. Yeah. And then I get the information, so to speak, only later. But no problem with me. I mean, what's the, what's the value in, in having an approval process? And then we discussed this beforehand and then it's being done anyways. Yeah. I think this better better do and then then afterwards look at this. Yeah. That's that's a good question. Nothing, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have like an approval process for like buying things, or now it's still a pretty lean like process. No, I mean, you just send an email. Something I discontinued. No, when I when I joined the company, there were quite some approval processes, but most of them were like sorry to say corporate bullshit yeah in the sense of okay i asked my manager and then my manager of course approves and copies finance and cc and but there was no value in this i'm really convinced of a different approach yeah? so no approval processes i mean again yeah, we, we hire clever and responsible people and then they do stuff but then we show them afterwards yeah and not like okay this was like one expense but this is like your total costs so we do not have approval process anymore no <laughs> i mean that's a really interesting take it's like i mean you're responsible because we have i mean we want to hire great people so we, we guess that you're going to do great but at the same time we want to put you in, in front of the numbers like these are the amount that the money that your team or department is spending like does mm -hmm. it make sense like or are you overspending or underspending i think this is yeah. a really good approach yeah exactly yeah actually that's that's a good book on this actually from the from the netflix founder yeah they they, they propagate, they, they do this very much. Yeah? They even say, so it's no rules, rules, yeah? it's called. Yeah, some, and yeah I read something thing, about it. The second yeah, they have a quite interesting approach. Like, we are not like babysitting people, right? That, that's, I think, one of the things that they're trying to say. For example, they say they do not have like no budget policies, no travel expense policies. So we're not going that far, but sort of. Huh? Okay. I think it's time to wrap up. Okay. And yeah. I'd like to ask you like a few questions. Mm -hmm. So the best piece of advice that you have received? Best piece of advice. <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> okay, I need to translate this. Uh, so this was from a former from one of my former managers. This was the, something that goes wrong and there's a failure. Yeah, it doesn't work out. I just said, hey, just stand up and do again now. Yeah? Or just stand up and then continue, yeah. And this, if, because if you never fail, yeah, you haven't tried enough. So this, yeah. this, this, this are like very much. Yeah, that was a really good one. Is there any book that you would recommend to our audience, or that you're currently reading? Yeah, the one I just mentioned, uh, the this No Rules Rules book. This I like very much, uh, especially as a finance manager, because I mean, it, like, from, so to speak, from the other side, yeah, it's not from from finance people, but from founders. And then they have like strong thesis, yeah? like no, no budgeting, no expense, expense policies, travel policies. Okay. I think that was, this was quite inspirational. Yeah. And then the other one would be from, from zero to one. Yeah? This is not new, but from Peter Thiel, yeah? this, this is also thinking about, about this, especially if you're in the startup world. Yeah. So there can be stuff going wrong and in the wrong direction, but we just, just keep on doing it. Yeah? And then, I mean, of course, you will not, not everything will be successful and you will not be always successful, but I mean, you're making progress. So that's, that's my, what my main Yeah, it's from. more about making progress than it's, it's, I mean, you can be lucky and you can be in the lottery, right? But it's really like a long way to the top. <laughs> yeah. 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 But also like, also see when, if it's not, not, not working, not taking off and then take decisions. So that's, 
that's, that's a part, part of it. What's your main passion outside of work? Um, besides in private life, so I'm okay. I have children now, yeah, eight and ten years old. That's that's one one thing. Love spending time with them. And then my climber, yeah? so I'm mountain climbing or a bouldering and climbing. Yeah? That's that's my my other my other topics. Yeah? Bertha Block or another one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Bertha Block. Are you bouldering as well? Bertha Block. Yes. Okay. I yeah, know. I live not too far. Sorry. Yeah, then we can do a session together. <laughs> yeah, we should do a session together. I love bouldering. Like I live uh, like not too far from Alexanderplatz, um, mm. the, the Pankow side. So Bertha Block is yeah, it's my spot where I go climbing. Mm, cool. Yeah. Nice. Up. Let's do. Cool. <laughs> and if you were not a finance expert, what else would you do? <laughs> if I were not a finance expert, I previously had okay. I was I worked in economist. I'm an economist uh, by education, and I worked on on economic policy. Yeah? So I did lots of that's also how, how I came to the public bank KFW. Yeah? So that's that's that my other point of interest. Yeah? Policy, especially economic policy, and it's also did quite a lot with data. Yeah? Data on markets and what's the implication for for policy making yeah? of the of the data we see there. But like not, working... not in this field anymore. Okay. But I guess it's still something that you like reading about or... Pardon me? That's... I, I guess it's still something that you like to read about, like ECB policy or, I don't know, Central yeah, Dutch sure. Bank policy. Yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. Yes. Yeah, interesting times now. Huh? Like, okay, inflation rates go up. It's raising interest, but not too much. Hey, let's hope that this that this goes through. And this, I mean, that's, they have a tough job right now huh? in balancing, like, the, the economy on the one hand side. And, and I mean, in terms of, of growth and not, not too much unemployment besides all, this, all these influences. Huh? You know, with like Ukraine war and so on and so forth. Yeah, a lot um, of pre like monetary pressure. Like on the, hand, on the other hand, the euro becoming weaker and weaker currently. That's a tricky, tricky situation. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I can just say everything yeah. is possible. But I, but I trust in them. Yeah, so I trust in the ECB that they that they do some that they do some good monetary policy. Yeah. yeah, I remember what Mario Draghi said at the time. I think it was two two thousand eighty. Like whatever it takes. Yeah, that's in the crisis moment, huh? This, yeah. they, they, this you can defend, huh? but now it's different, huh? Yeah, but okay, let's see, let's see. Let's say finger cross and let's see how it goes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so if, if people want to find out more about your company, about Peak, I, I guess they can check the website, peakd.ai, right? Uh, yes, exactly, peakd.ai, p-e-k-d.ai. Um, yeah, and I'm on LinkedIn, yeah, there you can find me. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, the next question was if people want to get in touch with you, what, what's the best way? Yeah, that's uh, on LinkedIn. Yeah? So Robert Kruber, I know, difficult German name, yeah? K-R-O-B-E-R. Yeah, but just Robert is also fine. Yeah? Okay, cool. Robert, it was a pleasure to have you on the show. Wishing you the best. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It was really fun. Cool. Great.